Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome everyone. There aren't any environmental announcements or special announcements regarding the podcast episode, so I want to just jump into our next segment, our first segment, which is going to be headlines from the hemispheres, as you know, or if you're new here to the Greener Thoughts program. It's where we cover amazing environmental news that happens to be all across the globe. So whether it's the Northern Hemisphere or Southern or another part of the world, you will be able to check out this news. So uh, this uh, first headline is also out of Australia. I did uh, another uh, piece from uh, DW.com just like I did last time. Um, But this is uh, pertaining to the Aboriginal protesters out there and them combating the issue of logging in some of their uh, forests that are near and dear to them. So Australia, Aboriginal protesters defend ancient forest against logging. And again, this is out of DW.com. Australia has been uh, facing uh, a flux of coronavirus restrictions that have kind of lifted as of early uh, June 2020. But uh, with that, there were uh, protesters that were gathering along a type of forest, the Nambucca State Forest in New South Wales, NSW. And for them, that forest is deep in its uh, connections to uh, cultural ties. It's really indistinguishable from uh, the Aboriginal uh, peoples out there. And it has uh, immense ecological uh, significance and importance to them as well. One of the uh, Aboriginal uh, peoples out there, uh, Sandy Greenwood, she is of the uh, Gumbe Nadir Aboriginal group, and her ancestors have called the Numbaka State Forest home for tens of thousands of years. So I know that the Aboriginals have, have lived uh, for tens of thousands of years uh, on the Australian um, continent itself, in the country itself, uh, but uh, it's it's something that they want to protect. This particular forest that is home to uh, one of these uh, Aboriginal groups, and she continually uh, mans the lands um, so they are um, not cut. Now the forest area uh, was uh, one that escaped being uh, ravaged by the wildfires that took place in late 2019 and early 2020. And it and the wildfires they ravaged a, a huge chunk of New South Wales, about five million hectares, uh, and it was close to about a million hectares of native forest. Now, researchers at the University of Queensland they had estimated that seven million hectares 
of threatened species, their habitats in Australia have been destroyed uh, over the past uh, 17 uh, years due to bulldozing and logging. Uh, and of course, most of that has been done without government approval. And uh, many companies have you know, fought to the nail to get those lands for themselves. Now, the Aboriginal people, they have uh, really complicated matters uh, at their footstep. They have to deal with uh, trying to stop the logging uh, from uh, going on in Nambucca State Forest because somehow uh, there were contracts out that um, had made it so that uh, companies could try and log about 140,000 hectares. They're, not, they're trying to prevent that from being harvested. And they're also having to try and stop the deforestation at Wild Cattle Creek Forest. Now for uh, Greenwood, uh, for of course uh, her people, the Numbucka Forest is uh, special to them in their history and identity. And her people, the Gumbe Nagir people, are calling on New South Wales, the government, to establish a new cultural heritage area encompassing the Numbucka Forest. Next, I want to discuss Nigeria and the wet markets uh, during this pandemic. So, uh, in regards to Nigeria, uh, the story is out of uh, Reuters.com. And so, um, Nigeria's wet markets thrive despite coronavirus pandemic. So, in uh, Nigeria, they have been able to really rebound and not really have much um, uh, side effects to the coronavirus when it comes to their wet markets, especially in the south of Nigeria, they're back to buying and selling and trading animals in the Ipe or, or Ep uh, fish market. It was under lockdown, but then it was uh, lifted and vendors continued to uh, go about their business in Lagos. Experts, though, say that the coronavirus has killed more than a 1,000 people in Nigeria. And, of course, it's, it's jumped from animals to humans. Of course, it's probably more than that. And with the attitudes of the people in the fish market, it's, it's changed. Because now, uh, despite uh, the virus has killed a lot of people worldwide, um, about 800,000 or more than that now. But there's a lot of people that's been that's been killed by the virus. Uh, but in Nigeria... They uh, also have to deal with them being the hub for illegal wildlife trade to Asia. So it's something they do have to contend with, uh, even though they're operating their markets. And then last but not least is a piece out of Singapore. And it has to do with a charging of batteries and new technology. So NTU Singapore scientists use fruit peel to turn old batteries into new. ENN.com or Environmental News Network had this story. This again is out of Singapore at the Nanyang Technological University. The scientists there came up with an amazing method to extract uh, waste from fruit peels and then reusing precious metals from uh, spent or used lithium ion batteries to go ahead and create new batteries. Lithium ion batteries you may have seen used in new technology uh, like uh, computers or uh, different uh, games or toys or even your cell phone. So that's the type of uh, batteries that they're, they're working with. The team has demonstrated use for the orange peel specifically and uh, recovered metals from battery waste efficiently that way. 
and they and make it so that functional batteries are uh, have their, their their metals recovered, and in a way, it's creating minimal waste uh, all around in the whole recycling process, reuse process, and uh, as a fact. An estimated 1.3 billion tons of food waste and 50 million tons of e-waste are generated globally each year. The different uh, topic that we're going to discuss in this episode comes from ScienceDaily.com. And I figured that we don't really give the coral reefs enough consideration uh, in our lives, period, unless you live uh, near the beach or you live in a tropical area or a warmer climate, or you're, you live and breathe by the ocean and you're, you're, you're one who, uh, your livelihood is based on the sea, then nine times out of ten, you're not thinking about uh, how the coral reefs are doing. Uh, if you, uh, you know, eat seafood regularly or you're a pescatarian, maybe you're thinking about where your food is coming from. Of course you should. But the coral reefs, uh, there are so many hashtags and, and movements uh, trying to protect the coral reefs. But uh, in our day-to-day lives, I want us to uh, think about some of the uh, things that we do, big or small, that contributes to um, them living or dying. And with this episode, we're going to discuss some new technology that is going to protect the coral reefs by tracking uh, where they grow, uh, how their health is doing, and and how they are growing over time. And uh, other things I'll get to a little bit later in the Mother Earth Minute, some things that we can do naturally to protect coral reefs in the ocean as well. So we're going to start off with uh, saving the coral with a chip. It's a really cool piece of technology uh, that is uh, out of my alma mater, Penn State. Uh, We are. And so uh, it goes about first talking about the uh, scientists. They discuss that, and they did research of this, that they're uh, they've created this chip, and it's all about uh, the, the coral conservation efforts of uh, this genotyping chip. And it's the first of its kind, and it has to deal with uh, coral specifically. Now, this chip is pretty nifty because it makes it so that the researchers can identify uh, different types of coral genetically and see how different algae that is mutualistic uh, and how it lives uh, within the coral cells, how the, the, those both uh, mutually get along in our, in our symbiotic in their relationship because there are different algae that are on different types of coral and live in different areas of the, our oceans and seas. And uh, one of the uh, more promising uh, things about this piece of technology is that it establishes and maintains a sense of genetic diversity when it comes to reef restoration efforts. So they're they're tracking uh, which reefs have been restored, uh, which need more help, and uh, looking at the diversity of the different coral reefs because all of them are are different uh, in their own ways and how they've they've come to be and and become great reefs. So the chip has its online analysis 
um, a technology that is a part of it too. And so it's like a huge database. Uh, and also uh, researchers can go online and use it and access it, especially those who are conservation uh, biologists, and maybe they don't have the technology themselves to access uh, these 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 uh, these types of information um, protocols and, and, and profiles of the the coral. Maybe they don't have the lab space or the computational resources uh, f- for themselves, so they're going to use this chip, and um, it, it's it's a way to make the information accessible. And for the information to be analyzed, the DNA uh, data to be analyzed and extracted too. So the chip is what it's known as, or it's also known as a microarray. It uses 30,000 single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs, and they're based on the uh, coral genomes uh, that each uh, coral has. And it's uh, in different locations, made up with a single letter uh, of the DNA alphabet and uh, it varies among different coral within particular families. One of the largest coral uh, families is the Acroporid uh, family of corals and it's uh, one of the largest and has different um, species of coral in that family and it's common mainly in the Caribbean Sea and also the Pacific Ocean. And this particular chip was designed using Caribbean corals. So it can be used to analyze the Pacific species, though the researchers, uh, they, they allow it and use it uh, to track the symbiotic algae that resides uh, in that, coral, to, in that uh, coral too. So it can be used for the uh, Pacific species, but it's mainly uh, used for the Caribbean uh, coral. So how does the chip work? The chip uh, works simply by uh, uh, first a, a few different ways, but it's really simple once you get into it. But with coral, it kind of is is based off of uh, how the coral even came to be. The, the coral is uh, an animal uh, that produces, reproduces asexually by fragmentation. So it's 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 kind of cool because the coral can be traced back to a single origin and essentially is nearly identical genetically. So with the researchers, they went ahead and refer to the alike coral that they find as uh, ginets or genets. I think it's ginets. And it allows for the researchers to establish the different uh, members of those different uh, ginnets within the same coral species. And with that SNP chip, that special, micro, that special uh, microchip, the special chip piece of technology, which was developed again out of Penn State, it's licensed uh, to the specific um, specific manufacturer, Thermo Fisher Scientific, and they produced the actual microarrays. The uh, researchers, any researcher can simply send any sample of coral to uh, a commercial laboratory uh, with this chip. 
and how it's used is that after the DNA is extracted, it's run on the chip itself and the resulting data is sent back to the researcher. And then the researcher can upload the data files that it received, that they receive into the online analysis uh, database system, which is known as STAG or Standard Tools for Acroporid Genotyping. The research paper itself of all the details uh, is in the journal Scientific Reports. So as far as a notable quotable before I get to my commentary, I want to leave you with this. Quote, corals around the world are endangered due to warming oceans. We designed this genotyping chip to help restoration and conservation efforts. There is very little overhead needed to use the chip, so small restoration operations can access coral genetic identification to help them maximize reef health by ensuring coral populations are genetically diverse. End quote. And that was from Ileana Bombs. He's a professor of biology at Penn State and leader of the research team. This technology is, I think, really purposeful because it does help research advance, but also it helps genetically identify all the coral around the world and specifically in the Pacific Seas, in the the Caribbean. And it also ensures that, you know, algae that live within the coral cells, that they are um, mapped as well. This is great because we do need to put together a better picture of the coral reefs as a whole because we 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 again see that they're not all one uh, piece of coral they they actually have a ton of uh, diversity but also there's genetic similarities when they, when you're speaking of one particular piece of coral and it grows to a huge uh a ginormous size uh, and it's it's huge and it's it's beautiful but it's so uh easily fragmented and fragile you know there are um different campaigns that are around on the internet and they haven't really ceased which i'm i'm happy about uh, but they don't necessarily specify particular coral reefs like their genetic uh species but nonetheless uh we can all um, I think fight for the coral and protecting the coral because no matter what we do, we are linked to the coral, just like other animals as well. Uh, and because of these, these, these coral reefs are in our, our oceans and our seas, um, we have to um, still remember that they, they are a very much a part of the ecosystems in which they are they they they've been built upon, and we can't forget them. We can't you know dump toxic waste into our oceans and think that the coral reefs are going to thrive and survive. They're not. And uh, with the the researchers, they um, they made it easy for other uh, researchers, other scientists, other teams 
to, you know, send in their samples to labs and to get this chip uh, and then run the DNA on the chip and then have the data given back to the researcher. It's very uh, uh, easy uh, process. It's almost like anyone who uh, is in the research field and is studying uh, coral reefs specifically, they will, I think, love this program uh, and this chip and when it does. Um, so regarding the the other uh, things I think are important with uh, coral reefs, there's the fact that with a, a coral reef, it needs a lot of sunlight to grow. And so they hardly ever grow in waters deeper than 45 feet. And you're going to more likely see them found and, and grown in tropical oceans where the water is clearer and warmer. Uh, conserveenergyfuture.com, that's where I gathered that fact. And I also want to uh, break down some of the places that are extreme uh, threats to coral reefs. Most of these are land-based uh, pollution examples. So uh, these are just for your uh, knowledge and maybe um, you know, consideration, especially if you are um, a part of a company that does a lot of waste dumping, dumping or uh, if you know of a company that constantly has chemical spills uh, in uh, the oceans, you know, out yonder, then you're going to want to consider even doing business with these companies if they don't even consider uh, where their their waste product goes uh, after they're done with it, then you want to uh, be able to check in and see if this company is even doing right by our environment. If they're no, if they're not even doing right by our environment, they cannot possibly be doing right by me as a customer. So one of the first examples is agriculture. You're going to see it in the nutrients and sedimentation being affected mainly. Uh, with road construction, it's going to be in your sedimentation uh, area there. In uh, regards to oil and chemical spills, it's going to uh, leach toxicants. So toxic uh, chemicals are going to be uh, something very hazardous, of course, in, in just plain as day. But also they can be prevented. You know, if there are no spills, chemical spills, oil spills ever, then you will not have to deal with toxicants uh, in, in relation to coral reefs in our oceans and seas. Deforestation, uh, the problem there is sedimentation and getting rid of the, our precious soils that we need. Uh, and those reduce things like flooding, for example, and it, and it, it prevents soil erosion uh, over time. Uh, Stormwater runoff, uh, the problems there are sedimentation problems, toxins, nutrients being lost, and also pathogens that run into our waterways, which run into our oceans. Uh, coastal development projects and impervious surface, surface projects also. The problems there are sedimentation-based and toxicants too. Coastal development companies, they probably know about this already, but if they're, they're building upon surfaces that aren't steady or they're, they're, there's runoff because the surfaces aren't able to um, uh, absorb uh, liquids like, like water, seawater, all those things, then that's a problem there. 
And then the last a few things are chemicals from your sunscreens. Those are toxicants. We're going to learn a little bit about different sunscreens that you can use, eco-friendly of course always, uh, on the program. And uh, lastly, failed septic systems. Those are um, especially vulnerable because of nutrients and pathogens uh, that are able to seep from those failed, again, septic systems. And all of these threats uh, are from the uh, oceanservice.noaa.gov site, and I will link it in the show notes for those who want to see the uh, threats uh, to coral reefs in their entirety. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. This uh, Mother Earth Minutes is going to be a great one, especially because it's going to show us how we can practice reef-friendly protective behaviors. It all starts from some of the uh, simple things that we can do uh, on our end, but also Uh, other uh, actions as well, some bonus actions a little bit later, and uh, sunscreens are a pretty popular uh, method to uh, protect our reefs too, because it's something like tangible, it's something that you can physically buy uh, that uh, makes sure that the chemicals uh, aren't going to destroy our coral reefs. So one of the first uh, steps, and, and these are from the Nature Conservancy, They have a number of different uh, ways to protect our coral reefs. One of the first ones is to plant a coral, like a coral reef. You can uh, build upon that. And there are, for those who are interested, different uh, coral restoration projects in the Caribbean, in Mexico, and in Micronesia. So for those who are maybe traveling, who live out in those areas, or maybe do volunteer work out there, maybe work out there, and you want to build or help plant a coral reefs and, and starting uh, in those, those projects, you can do so by planting a coral uh, in those areas. Number two is to raise the importance of coral. So with this, it means simply sharing information about coral reefs. Maybe traveling to these places on vacation or regularly throughout the year. Or even volunteering uh, your your efforts. You can also help uh, build uh, critical awareness around coral reefs. And uh, if you want to, uh, it's great to share these efforts on social media or to get others involved uh, in on some type of, uh, uh, not bandwagon, but on some type of um, support uh, regarding the coral. And as always, try and use useful hashtags to get others and, and eyes to the work that you're doing or the places in the, in the, the reefs that you're visiting. Can use hashtag coral on or hashtag save the reefs for example number three is to visit a reef and as always dive responsibly so this means not touching the reef or even the anchor of the boat on the reef and being sure that your contact with the coral uh, won't damage the marine animals the coral animals around or the uh, anchor that uh, even can uh, kill the reef and, and making sure that you're far away from that. Uh, and, and making sure that uh, you can ask the uh, dive instructor or snorkel 
uh, operator and what they can do to also support reef conservation and maybe they have even more information of even more than this episode of course of how to uh, bring back coral reefs and protect them too and do a little bit more and number four is that you can choose reef friendly sunscreen so this means uh, checking out the different sunscreen ingredients like oxybenzone and uh, octanoxate and uh, just making sure that you are not using those uh, chemicals in your sunscreens because they're toxic to coral and check sunscreens that use non-nano zinc oxide as their active ingredients because it does not contribute to uh, coral bleaching and number five is to make sure that you can green your lawn care. Even though you may live thousands of miles from a coral reef, you haven't seen an ocean in years, you are still uh, inevitably connected to the oceans, whether you know it. You know, we all are. Uh, so uh, what you put on your lawns will eventually flow into your local water system and then eventually to the ocean. So check for green alternatives for fertilizer, pesticides that won't harm coral reefs and marine life. Number six is to leave no trace. So this means in general, uh, beach goers, those who rep beach life, who love the beach, you know, they are able to... Uh, find uh, any pollution that's on the beach and pick it up or not even leave litter on our on our beaches and, 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 and waters or even harming the reef and fish you're leaving the ocean just as you found it number seven and the last one is to contact your representatives for those who love uh, getting uh, into the backsides of your representatives and telling them a thing or two about your concerns your issues that that uh, deliberately affect you, this is the time to demand coral reef protection. Maybe you want to start a campaign against saving the coral reefs uh, where you live, maybe near a beach um, site and where you know it's, it's deep enough that it, it houses uh, coral reefs. So maybe you're interested in uh, the, the depollution or the non-polluting um, uh, of, of your uh, local uh, watering system or lake or uh, ocean where you live. Maybe it's gotten to a point where it's kind of gotten out of hand from tourists and, 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 and coastal development companies and others who are just willing to pollute the, the waters where you live near uh, at all costs and you, and you want to fight that. Or maybe you want to stop sewage pollution uh, of the oceans or expand marine protected areas. You can do all these things and more by contacting rep representatives. Now to one of the fun parts is where we're going to uh, put on our consumer our researcher hat and look at the different reef safe sunscreens that are out and about. I check, I, I double checked in all these companies and they are either out of the US or Australia too. Uh, so I'm going to uh, follow up on in all of these in no particular order. But uh, the first one we're going to start off with is from Sunbum. You can, you can look at the original moisturizing sunscreen lotion with the SPS of, SPF of 30. And uh, you can find their products mainly on the website www.sunbum.com. 
Next is Badger with its SPF 35 Sports Sunscreen Cream. And you can find their products on www.badgerbalm.com. Next is number three is Stream number 2C Biodegradable Sunscreen Lotion. And you can find their goods on the website stream2c.com. That's number 2c.com. Number four is the All Good Organic Sunscreen Butter with Zinc Oxide. You can go to allgoodproducts.com for more of their products. They they have so many different types of products, not even just sun care and sunscreen products. Number five is the SPF RX Mineral Sunscreen, and you can find their products and more on the website www.cal-pharma.com. That's Cal with a C, dash pharma, P-H-A-R-M-A dot com. Number six is the Think Sport Safe Sunscreen for kids and adults. And you can go to gothink.com for all their products. Number seven is the Reef Safe or Land Shark products. They have the biodegradable sunscreen lotion. And you can find their products on their website tropicalseas.com. Uh, next, number eight is another GoThink product. It's the best uh, reef safe sunscreen for kids and a sunscreen for your child. Uh, they have the, uh, these are, um, these sunscreens are the ones that are great for kids and uh, um, the best sunscreens for your child. So that's not the name of the next product. So number eight again is the Think Baby Safe Sunscreen and it's available at GoThink.com. Number nine is the Badger Active Kids Sink uh, Oxide Sunscreen, again, available at uh, www.badgerbomb.com. And then also number 10, last product is uh, the All Good Natural Kids Sunscreen, again, available at the website allgoodproducts.com. Now, uh, when it comes to the Badger Bomb uh, sunscreens that I mentioned, I did a full review of Badger Bomb and their amazing Bomb hand salves, and I did that in the November 17th, uh, 2019 podcast episode number 103, and it's entitled 10 Ways to Not Waste Water. And for those who want even more eco-friendly sunscreens, I did a whole podcast episode about toxic sunscreens and staying safe in the sun. It's from the July 21st, 2019 episode uh, number 69, entitled Toxic Sunscreens and Staying Safe in the Sun, plus one week left in bonus prize giveaway. The giveaway has since closed. And then for more uh, research, uh, resources and maybe research too, uh, I will put uh, the link for uh, coral reefs and also more of what you can do to protect coral reefs and then an image of an infographic from reefhacks.com. fact of the day is that when you die, you can have your ashes made into a rock to form the base of an eternal memorial reef so that you can help coral reefs bloom after you've died. This fact was sourced from weirdfacts.org. 
right, so we have come to the Eagle Company Spotlight segment in the Green of Thoughts program. It's super fun because we get to cover amazing environmental companies, brands that have products and services that vary. As you know, I've been doing this for a long time, since February 2019. And I love getting to discuss some of my favorite products from these companies and uh, sharing these uh, different uh, details of how they started. Work uh, products have been cult classics and kind of been infamous uh, on their, in, their, uh, in their start. And they've been so popularized. And I love just uh, learning more and more about uh, different uh products that I can use, but also you can use too, that maybe you haven't heard of, that you can use to replace your conventional uh, items that you use, and maybe they've been staples, but you want to try new products, then this is the place to find uh, new information about some amazing environmentally friendly products. As you know, you can send me a voice message about uh, different uh, companies or brands that you trust and the amazing products or you can always send me an email you don't have to be shy about it and you can let me know by reaching out at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com so the next company that we're going to talk a little bit about is called uh, Cuccio and Cuccio uh, Naturale and their amazing uh, line of products. So it all started with Mr. Anthony Cuccio. He's the founder, president, and CEO. And Roberto Cuccio, he's the senior vice president and COO. They're an amazing entrepreneurial couple and duo who literally started their business out of their suitcase of cosmetics back uh, back in the year 1981 on Venice Beach in California. And since then, the business has grown so much. It's a multi-million dollar corporation that specializes in and is one of the largest nail and beauty product manufacturers in the whole world. Now, in 1999, they founded Couture Naturale um, as being one of the first natural nail a hand and foot care treatment product lines that they have. And also it was inspired and created from Mr. Cuccio and his personal experience in his Italian background and in his visits to Italy. Now with their mission, they're all about making amazing products, high quality as always for nail technicians, especially so they can uh, help, it can help make them a better living and enjoy their profession even more. So as far as this uh, commitment to sustainability factor of Cuccio Naturale, they uh, have cruelty-free as a part of their product stance. They have natural, non-harmful ingredients in a ton of their products. They're paraben-free, plant-derived. They also contain, uh, with their products, purified micron filtered water and recyclable packaging. Also reusable packaging too, and with their product selection, as far as the Cuccio uh, Corporation, they have many different uh, 
products that they have on the website, not just on their natural line. They have the Cuccio Pro. They have uh, different promotions that they have. They have their Cuccio Color, Cuccio uh, Color Veneer, Cuccio Nail Solutions. They have manicure and pedicure products. They have their salt scrubs. They have professional retail products too. They also have their back bar for their gallon in larger sizes for their products. They've got accessories. They even have soak and also spa enhancement products. So they have many different things under their umbrella. Now, when I first uh, learned about Cuccio Naturale, it was when um, I, uh, this was back maybe 2017, I bought the one of their products. It was for, like for less than eight dollars. I bought it on Amazon because I, I wanted something uh, beautifying as far as like a nail, like treatment, a nail oil for cuticles to make them shiny, healthy, glowing, and to really be beautiful. And so I, I love that there's so much of this product. A few ounces, which they have, it's like almost three ounces. That is a lot of product that you get, and it will last you for like a long time. It's lasted me like three years plus, and it's really uh, good. And it, it, that's a good thing. That's, a, that's a, how much you want as far as a product. You want it to last a long time because its shelf life is pretty long. It's like three years anyway. So if you have something that can last three years or more in a product, especially for something that are that is a consisting of nails, which you know if you spend money and use products on your nails frequently you're going to run out of product less and less and have to invest more money in them I think it's worth a buy especially for eight dollars um, for or less than eight dollars the price fluctuated um, it's, it's less than that now on Amazon but uh, I love the light and fruity scent of it I got the pomegranate and fig for the cuticle oil I love it I love that I can use it whenever I want to put some oil on my nails in case it feels like it's dry maybe in the winter or if it's cracked or anything of that sort and I love that it has natural ingredients overall except the fact of the fragrance and artificial colors um, but probably they have some reformulation that they you know have done since then because I bought the product a while ago um, I love that also the product packaging is nifty because it has the little edge at the bottom so that you can tilt it and you don't have to necessarily go in a uh, vertical fashion to use the oil. You can kind of tilt it and have it uh, directly towards you. It's great for technicians who are using um, those type of bottles for the, the oils they use on their clients' hands. Pretty nifty there. Uh, the, the packaging is great for reuse and recycling. I'll probably reuse the bottle because it's so pretty and the glass is just really cute. It just works all together. I don't have any um, downsides to the glass bottle itself. And the price really depends um, like when you bought the item. I know that when I bought the cuticle oil, it was like less than like $8. It was like $7 or so. But now it's probably less than $7. Um, so the price will fluctuate. It will not break the bank at all. Uh, a lot of their products are reasonable uh, that you can check out on their site and they're available tons of different places. So for me, I'm going to give the product a 5 out of 5 for many reasons, but I just love it overall. Now as far as the Cuccio Naturale, it is found in different stores and online. You can find it on their website, Cuccio.com. That's C-U- ccio.com 
You can also go to shopcuccio.com. They're available also on Amazon, Beauty Care Choices, Beauty Store Depot, eBay.com, Walmart, and also spas, day spas, and salons across the world and other stores too. Cuccio Naturale can be found on the following social media platforms. You can check them out on their pages at Cuccio Spa. They're also on uh, Instagram. They have their Cuccio Color. They also have their Cuccio, Cuccio Smolotology. Cuccio, C-U-C-C-I-O-S-O-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y. It's a mouthful there. They are also on LinkedIn at Cuccio Naturale Italy. They're also on Twitter at Cuccio Naturale. And also on YouTube at Cuccio Spa. Now, as far as uh, different ways to contact Cuccio Naturale, you can do so by going to the website again, cuccio.com, C-U-C-C-I-O.com, and then clicking Contact Us at the top of the website to either call, email, fax them, or send them traditional mail. So thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast episode about coral reefs. Uh, I know it was pretty lengthy, but I'm really happy that I got it out and was able to really uh, have a detailed uh, discussion and talk about this new piece of technology with the chip that can really uh, spearhead efforts to even do more with restoration projects related to coral reefs. And it, it was pretty nifty. I'm really glad to touch on this. And even in uh, discussing the uh, different amounts of uh, different sunscreens that are out there, I hope that that was valuable to you. Because people want to, you know, learn about different products and ways also that they can support uh, this uh, different environmental cause. And with the coral reefs, they're no different. Uh, For those who, uh, you know, really uh, share the podcast, I give you double thanks because every little bit helps. And, you know, the podcast has been growing, like, significantly. Like, it's one of the the popular uh, G uh, named um, podcasts on Apple Podcasts. I know a lot of Apple Podcast listeners out there. I recognize you and I thank you. And for all those on all the other podcast platforms, that makes up for like so much. I love it, and I love all of you just getting to you know support Greener Thoughts in any way that you can, whether by sending funds, for example, which I don't really have a ton of uh, funding towards um, from that, uh, but you can. Uh, if you so want to support Greener Thoughts in that way, uh, other than rating and sharing the podcast and getting listeners to these different topics here that are covered, there's ways to do that. Namely, it's going to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts Podcast and then going to cl- uh, support and clicking the support button. And there are different tiers of how to support the podcast there. So thank you again, as always, for coming back and tuning in and sharing the podcast. I hope to come out with another episode topic and research it and come back to you, as always, for some more fun and really great research and analysis again coming up soon. But until then, please take care of yourselves. And as always, please take care of the planet. See ya. (music) 